Hey, Garrett. Hey. Hey. Hold on a second. Hey, Dad, did you get the link for the podcast? Yeah, we're trying to, trying to figure it out now. Yeah, just cut and paste it into. Wait, 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 wait. You want to speak later? Hold on a second, Garrett. Yeah, yeah, take your yeah, time. Just take the link and, and put it into your the top of your uh, webpage address, and it'll take you right to it. Just type it in, www.anchor.fm. You, t- you type it in in www.anchor.fm slash Garrett? Yeah, I kept it in the um, Sandra, are you there? I'm here. I'm in the car with all my friends, so you're gonna hear all of us. I didn't realize this only works on speaker on my, my phone. <laughs> okay, so I see. Okay, okay so. I see you're there. I see everybody's name. She, she's in. You can hang up. <laughs> is, there, uh, is there video on this? No, no, no. This is a podcast. This is only audio. Oh, okay. No, okay. Because Jason said it was a Zoom call. That's why I asked if there was video. Yep. Yeah, yes. Hi, Sandra. Hi. How are you? Good. I mean, I'm living my best life in Hawaii. Okay, Jay. So, uh, did uh, did say she was going to call in? Uh, I sent the link to everyone, so if she's available, she's available. If not, uh. hey, hello, guys. Hey, how are we doing? Great. How you I'm doing? Great. Hawaii is beautiful, as always. Yeah. We got the uh, little devil with us today. <laughs> Rachel, with you? Rachel, Rachel is, you know, this is Rachel's birthday week, and uh, Ben had a chef to come over fix lunch for them at the house. And then uh, they had a pass to go down to the uh, Maristark. Uh, they got room down there, so we got the baby all day and all night. Say hi. Hi. Uh, hi, Rachel. Rachel. What up? Say hello. Hello. And hello. Regan said hello. Hi. hello. Hi. So we, we got the task babysitting, and we'll have all night. And... Uh, Rachel's birthday is tomorrow, the 29th. Yep. So they celebrate. Churchy appreciates getting the I night off. I hope you come on with another little surprise package. Wait, say that again? What? I hope you don't come on with a little surprise Oh, I thought you were saying there was another. <laughs> is we're that right how we find out? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I know. I know. 
So, oh, Dad, hey, Dad, I told him to be sure to life celebration. Hey, Dad. Yeah. I should let you know that everything that's being said is actually being recorded, permanently recorded, stored away. Well, I, I, I'm glad you told me that. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you, you can see it on the screen. It's telling you it's, it, this is like permanently being stored away and recorded. So, there, there no so, so this is this is evidence. <laughs> Hey man, you ain't y'all not gonna black me. Nah, nah. So listen, listen, listen. What's up, everybody? I'm glad y'all here. Uh, Papa Sandra, I'm glad you guys were able to get in. This is uh, what we consider our family podcast, where we hope to store, you know, these sound boxes memories. Uh, we're so used to, you know, scrapbooking and saving pictures and videos, but you know. It's quite often that we forget to just save like voices, and I think voices are a great way to remember each other, uh, especially as we continue to pass down from generation to generation to generation. So mm-hmm. we're naming this Sunday dinner, and the entire vibe or the theme uh, of Sunday dinner is to literally get together, whether you have a food, a food, uh, some drinks, whatever it is, and we literally just talk about life. We talk about the past, the present, and the future. Uh, and we save this, we store this, we'll archive it away. And, you know, at any moment, we'd like to revisit this specific episode, um, you know, or possibly have, you know, our children or Reagan, when she grows up, she can listen to this. Um, and I think it'd be pretty cool just for our family to start building this archive of, of sound bites. So without further ado, welcome everybody to walk, uh, to episode two of Sunday Dinner. We've got special guests, obviously, Papa and Sandra in the building with baby Reagan. Super excited for that. I've got a couple of questions lined up, but of course, the way we like to do things is just open form, uh, very open-ended. You know, questions can be presented by anyone. Answers can be presented by anyone. We don't do any sort of formal hand raising. And, you know, this person goes, it's just kind of you jump in if you have something to say. So I've got a few questions already lined up, and I'd like to start with uh, Papa. Yeah, right, Reagan's got something, got something to say. Papa, I'd like to start with you, um, if you don't mind. Okay. Cool. So, my first question to you is, what is the most important lesson that your parents taught you? Well, the most important thing that uh, my parents was trying to teach me was the door of opportunity open. You got to run in. Don't think that door is going to stand open any definite amount of time. You, you have to take advantage of what's available at the time that's uh, that you're presented with it. Uh, too many of us, you know, when the door opportunity opened up, we think we could casually walk through it at any time, and that door's going to be open. So they were just trying to beat that into our heads, you know. You got you to be able, be able to recognize an, an opportunity and take advantage of it at that time. That was one of the one of the things she used to preach all the time. Uh, respect. We we were taught respect at a young, very young age. All the adults, people got respect from the kids, regardless. Your neighbors, uh, people on the street could put you in with this with you on anything that they thought that you were doing wrong and took you home with your parents, you got the same thing happening. That made a difference. Uh, 
What else is there? I have a problem with preach to you all the time. Uh, Ernest E. Senior, he would preach to me. I don't have to go to Ernest and says, uh, Dad, let me borrow a dollar from you. And I, I had a little nickel and dime job, and I'll pay you back. I'll take this girl to the show. I asked him for that money, man, at 7 o'clock in the morning. And maybe by 7.30 that night, he might let me have that dollar. Meanwhile, all day long, I'm being preached at about this, about this dollar and what, what am I doing with my money and all that. So he was trying to, I guess he was just trying to teach me money control, you know. They, they were good teaching parents, man. Good teaching parents. They just had some hard-haired kids at times. <laughs> yeah. For some reason or other, you know, we think we all think we know more than our parents, you know, but uh, they, they're pretty much right. I, I agree with that one. Huh? <laughs> of course you do, Mom. Yeah. What was that pin you bought me that's like your mom is always right? You'll find yeah. out one day. Yeah. Yeah, it just takes, takes time. And it, it all comes around, you know, what they're talking about. It usually comes around and you can see it in full circle, you know. This is what uh, they were saying. This is what I should have been doing. I could have played it this way. I could have played a better hand, you know. But that's uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, that's always behind us. It's too late to go back and correct it. You know? Right. Well, that's Not listening. But who knows? Our parents didn't know everything. They did it again. Nah. <laughs> you do know we're on here too, Gary. Right? Of, of course, listen. No, no, listen. But I think recorded. I think those are great answers, and I think you know they've obviously carried down past uh, your children onto your, your grandchildren, uh, and they will onto to Reagan, um, mm -hmm. mom and dad. Since you know you guys are the next chain, yeah. and maybe you guys can validate, confirm what Pop was talking about. But you know, what were some of the most important lessons that your parents taught you? But we, I, tell, I tell you one thing over there, you know, my mother was the, uh, she was a teacher at the house. My father was the breadwinner. You know, all she had to do was just stay home, take care of the seven kids, keep the house, uh, everything we ate, we cooked. You know, my mom cooked. There wasn't no fast food at that time. You know, you run around and get McDonald's and stuff. Everything was cooked. So she was a big cook. Uh, she had what we call a victory garden. In uh, World War II, most of the everything was rationing, Gary. You couldn't even buy a pair of shoes unless you had a, oh. a book with stamps in it issued by the government where you could take that stamp and get shoes along with the money. Sugar and all that stuff was rationing. So people had to really live tight manage well and know how to provide. Most of those people in that day, during the time that I was coming up had very large families. Uh, we had the Alexanders had 23 kids. Uh, the Macmillans had 19. And you wonder how your family survived, you know, with having that many kids. Well, that's because of the teaching that the parents were putting on and you were under control at that time, you know. Uh, my big thing coming through, I was, uh, I've always had some little nickel and dime job. I started working in a grocery store delivering groceries, and I worked at Kroger's, not work at Kroger's, but I worked outside of Kroger's store, uh, taking people groceries home for them in my little wagon, Pick 15, 20 cents, some of them give you a quarter, you know, and so I had always had a little money in my pocket, you know, a little change, and I had a little girlfriend that I'd like to take to the show and spend that little quarter, whatever on, you know, 
And uh, I thought that was the life, man. I thought that was the thing to do, and that's what I want to do. But when you go through all this training with your parents, then you try to pass some of these things off on your kids as they started growing up. I kind of pushed this stuff that I was taught on James and Mark, and it worked. It worked. Uh, they were able to uh, follow instructions well. Uh, they found that education was the way to go. Uh, I always pointed out to their faults and what you didn't want to be about. Uh, I had to, I think, once go to the school to straighten out a problem in school with James. He forgot to bring a letter home from his teacher, so I had to go over there and embarrass him in front of his class. And after that, I didn't have to go to school no more. Everybody was scared that I might come over and act a fool. So <laughs> it was a good teaching lesson. Everybody there met on the honor road and they stayed there, you know, to keep me out of that. So that was cool. It worked out. You know? As a result, the guys and uh, Rachel turned out well. You know, everyone turned out well. They got a good education out of it, uh, and uh, they seem to be doing very well. You know, in their world, and they're trying to, I guess, push what they learned off on their kids. You know, so it's just a vicious circle, and you keep it going. You want each generation to do better than the last. I never, never ask my kids to be UPS truck drivers. You don't, that you don't want to do. You want to own the company. You, know? you don't want to be the driver. You know, so you know you, you try to teach and push stuff to your kids as much as you can, and hope that it sticks. You know, I've been lucky that stuff on my three kids pretty good. So that I'm thankful for. That's kind of the way it is. Now I got my grandkids. Uh, you, you guys out there, y'all doing well. Well, apparently your parents did the job that they're supposed to do. All four of the grandkids are excelling well. So, Gary, what's your next question? Got glass in here at the house. And, I said, we're uh, trying. So, Gary, what's your next question? I said, we're trying our best. Say again. Okay, you I didn't understand. Um, he say say it Oh, I was saying, Papa, we're trying well, our you, best. You, know, you, you guys are doing good. You're doing good. And just I, all you can do, do your best, and you will. You'll come out on top. I I think, guys. I think the probably the the big lesson that probably carries through to everybody is is just one simple lesson. I think that Lisa Fishwood push with our kids, which I think is the lesson I've gotten from from you and mom, dad. It's just, it's just whatever it is that you decide to do, you just want to be the best at it. It doesn't really matter what it is. Yeah. Whether you want to be the garbage man and you want to be the best garbage man, whether you want to be the scientist, you want to be the best scientist, but it doesn't really matter. But I think the main message is that whatever it is, you just want to be the best at it. As simple as that. Yeah, that's true. So true. What about you, Mom? Um, well, for me, it was coming from a single parent that was raised in the household where my grandmother was there. So, like your papa had said, if you do something like before you got home, it was actually... You were disciplined several times, and I kind of I grew up with that. 
uh, a lot of the moms, a lot of the people in the neighborhood, you know, there were a few singles. So we were, you know, basically taking, it was the village that actually raised us. And it was the same thing. It was, you know, when you decide to do something, just really just do it and do it well to the best of your ability. And also, like Papa said, if you see that door is open, immediately run through it because it's not going to stay open at all. And we did, you know, we, we learned that from, uh, you know, mom and, and had to be, we had to be helpful to her because, you know, everybody had an assignment because she couldn't do everything and couldn't be everywhere at, at the same time. So, so it was, it was, um, it was a, a good thing, but it was also, you know, missing that, that male influence, having that father in the home, you know, it was difficult times at times. So, yep. So I don't think like, any other way. It sounds like similar themes uh, between everyone. Taylor, you want to go before I jump in? All right, cool. Nope, I think I'll be real quick on this, but hey, Al. Hey, what's up, Al? Oh, hey, 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 Al. Guys. Yeah, hey, hey, I joined right when Papa was talking, so I've just been listening. I just got back from brunch, but it's just been. I like this conversation already, but I'm just listening and I'm happy to jump Let's in. do it. Let's do it. If you want. No, but go ahead. Okay, there. I don't cool. need another So the question, question was, what was one of the most important lessons your parents taught you? We just kind of start, started from the top down. Papa went, uh, Sandra, I think she, she butted in and then mom and dad went and um, I'm about to go and then you and Taylor should definitely answer. I think for me to keep it real simple, real easy. I didn't hear Sandra. Yeah, did Sandra go? No, Sandra's here. Sandra, can she hear us? They want you to. They want you to talk to her. I think she's over there with the baby. Oh, yeah, she, she, she's got the baby up. If, if she's with the baby, no problem. I think for me, uh, she's um, with the baby. That's no problem. Okay, for, for me, I think the biggest lesson that uh, I think you know, you guys taught me, plus Papa, Grandma, Granny. Uh, and just honestly, anybody in the family that's older than me was just, uh, I think, resilience. Like, I've seen, you know, us take a lot of L's, but the way we respond and get back up uh, after we take those L's, and if you don't know, they're just losses. Um, I think that's been the biggest thing because I've just failed tests. Uh, I've just made very bad uh, decisions, but you can't soak in the, you know, in the bad decisions that you make. You have to literally have quick, you know, a, a, a quick memory and forget those things, uh, get back up and keep it moving. So I definitely think the biggest thing that I've seen through you all and experienced and also I kind of like to think about each week uh, is resilience. What about you and Taylor now? I think for me, I mean, mine's going to be pretty simple because it piggybacks off what everybody else said, but just having ridiculous work ethic. Like, we grew up watching Dad literally work his way up and do what's nearly the impossible in the U.S., which is work your way out of one socioeconomic class into another. And I think that's incredible. And seeing how much work he put into that and how much work Mom put into keeping the family together and investing in us 
And then even just like the things that they would do about making sure we are doing our studies. And when dad came and taught at my school because the math class wasn't covering it or the curriculum they put together at home. I think all of that just kind of went into teaching me that I have to outwork everybody, especially at the thing that I care about. So I think that piggybacks off of what, what mom, dad, and papa were saying, like the things that they taught us. And it's just like the things that we've seen in them that's been instilled in us. But I would say, like, I think all of us kind of have, like, I see the influence for sure in the work that we do and how we do it. Yeah, no, yeah, we're, hear me? we're listening. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I just want to make sure because my connection is spotty all over the island, so I may cut out. No, mine too, Taylor. So I was like, wait, I lost it. Ah, what about you? Um, I would I would echo a lot of things that everyone says. Of course, my journey is a little different, but I would say the two biggest things, um, just working really hard, like hard work. If you want to achieve something, if you have a goal, if there's something you want to do, then you have to work hard to make it happen. And I guess within that, it's really about uh, with hard work, just really believing in yourself. So to your point of like resiliency, like things are not always going to be easy on your journey. But if you work hard and you stay faithful and you continue to, I don't know, I mean, it's the same thing, but put in the work, then you will see the results ultimately. So I think it's about really working hard, like for the things that you want to achieve and not giving up on yourself. Yes. Those are like no. the biggest things. And I think I would add one more thing too that I've learned. Because I think the older I get and then seeing a lot of my friends and their family dynamic is we got really I'm gonna kinda of start about that, but we got really fucking lucky in that we kind of won the lottery of family of like like for us to have two parents that were in a healthy relationship and we got to have that as an example on top of having two people in a healthy relationship who raised their kids and invested in their kids I think that's something I think sorry Al to your point like what you were saying before that kind of made me think like hearing your story and how you grew up and just kind of being able to compare that to my parents and how I grew up I really appreciate that because that's I think that is a privilege that I wish like it shouldn't be a privilege. It should be something that it's taken for granted that every family does and that every person gets to grow up with. But I realize that's not the case. So I think that's another thing that I would say I've taken from from y'all to quote common is I love like this because I got it like a kid, and I think that kind of describes us a lot. Well, to Taylor's point, it's about more than your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, like all those people who are your village, like your mom was saying, like mm-hmm. those people are really like, and my village looks different than a lot of people's, but those people who really like are your support system and who help you keep going like throughout like just different challenges. Like it's beyond just like just you know, our households. Yeah. It's really about, yeah, tired. exactly. And I think that in our community specifically, like, we've lost a lot of that sense of, like, really lifting each other up and, like, celebrating each other's successes of, like, oh, wow, like, you're doing this. Like, how can I support you on your, you know, journey of going to college or, you know, whatever it might be, like, and I think that's something that 
we should all think like be thinking about I think last year it made me really think about like you know how can I lift up other people and give back you're right um, to you're right so that like missing that, like my that Sunday dinner with the family but with uh, everybody moving in so many different directions and living so far apart that it makes it hard but if you're able to yeah. actually like set aside some time like like we're doing now you know makes it so much um it, it'll bring everybody i think back together it would be nice if everyone lived in the same state or same city and able to still do the, the sunday dinners together like the grandma's you know cooking up a bunch and everybody coming over but technology has actually afforded us to be able to do it it's different you know but it can be done absolutely Cool. Uh, really good conversation, by the way. I did. I do have a few more questions lined up before you guys either have your own questions or open forum. Does anybody else want to touch base on this question before I jump ahead? Mm, I think nope. that's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead with the next. Perfect. All right. So this one's a little bit more fun, uh, a little bit more playful. But what did you want to be when you were younger? What did you want to be when you grow up? And are you currently doing what you wanted to be or who you wanted to be uh, as a child? Well, you know, Garrett, when I was when I was coming up, it was my ambition to go to college and uh, get an engineering degree. I don't know why engineering was the uh, thing that I of my choice, but I got sidetracked. I, uh, I think so. Yeah. I fell in love. And uh, I couldn't run off. I couldn't, I couldn't see myself running off to college and leaving this. Yeah. I'm going to stay in the car and I'll come meet up. Are you there? Go yeah. ahead, you, Papa. We're just trying yeah. to get Taylor there. Give me one sec. I love that. I, I, I fell in love and uh, I just couldn't see myself going off leaving the young lady back here. So I, uh, I thought with the job that I had, at the time, uh, it was, I guess at the time, was making a decent salary at, at that time. Of thing, you know, But uh, I thought I could make it work like that. I survived, but it didn't work. That was one thing I really missed out. I, 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 my mother really pushed education because she was one lady from the South that came out of the South Doing uh, hard she went to college, with, uh, college with a college certificate. Yeah, tell tell them that she was. She's actually the first mm -hmm. rob uh, robbers that have went to college. Well, yeah, she, she is. She is. That's what I say. She came. She came out. She was the first one out in her time. You know, to come out with a college, a degree, a certificate, whatever they were given at the time, and. Uh, she knew the importance of the education and she was pushing, pushing, pushing education. And what she did, I'm going to tell you what my mom did now. They, they came in here. She came up here. Her, her, her cousin was a railroad guy and he had a little money. So he kind of was her sponsor. He wanted to help her get through to Arkansas Baptist College down there in, in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. And he brought her into St. Louis. He put her in the YWCA. And my father was living in the YM theory. They, they met some kind of way back there in that time, and they got together. But they bought the house out on Cope Virginia, and 
my mother, my mother, like I said, never had to work. She just had the responsibility of taking care of the house, raising the seven kids, making sure everybody was fed, making make sure everybody's clothes were made. Because you sold and you had a little hole and something, you got patched, sold up. You know, when you run into the store buying something, was kind of needed something. But that was something, and uh, she just pushed, pushed, pushed her education. And what she did, once that house was paid for, then she had, I never forget it, the name of the company is Taylor Eastern Fine Taylor and Eastern Trust Company. Used to be right there on Martin Luther King on Eastern Avenue in Taylor. And we used to share the uh, house note up there once a month. But once it was paid for, she didn't tell us how the place was paid for and kept getting the money from him and putting it in the trust fund. So she had money set aside for all her kids to go to college and then she could force them to go. And some of us took advantage of it and some of us didn't. My brother went to Hampton, he uh, he took advantage of it. Uh, Bernie went to Stowell Teacher College, he took advantage of it. Maisie went to a cos uh, was a cosmetology. Yeah, she went to, she did that. Harrietta went to nursing school. Louise and I, we were in love. What about um, Ernest? What about Ernestine? Ernestine, she didn't. She didn't go neither. She, she, the three of us, three of us didn't go. Four of us took advantage of it, and she set this money aside, you know, for that purpose, so she could get her kids in, into school, man. And it hurt so bad that we wouldn't take advantage of it, you know. But she was a teacher, man. She was a teacher, and all of her brothers. In order for them to come out of the South, they had to come to our house to get out. You know, they had to come to our house, stay there, live on the sleep on the floor, floor there, whatever, whatever, until uh, find some type of job and get out on their own. You know? yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a good life, challenging, uh, educational, very, you know, very learning. And my mother showed you how you can survive, you know. But like I said, she had that garden, that victory garden out there in the lot next to us, and she used to raise all kind of vegetables and, and fruit and stuff. And she would can she would can herself up. And we 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 did you have the chicken to the base? Yes, you should buy a chicken. You should buy a chicken from Fortis Arkansas. You And we should get 100 at a time, and we put them down in the basement, put a light bulb in there with them to keep them warm. A few of them will smother out from, you know, overcrowdedness. As they grew up, we had a chicken coop out in the backyard, and she put them out in the backyard. The rats will get a hold of a couple of them out there. But uh, we have fresh eggs every morning. We get the chickens tackling out there. We go out there. Wait, 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 Papa. You said the rats would get yeah. the chickens or the chickens no, would get chicken the rats? The rats would eat the chickens. You know, you, during that time, you had a lot of big rats running around the city. Say, well, you know, you know, I didn't know that rats could take down a chicken. And uh, we had chickens cackling out there in the morning, man. We go out there and push them off the maze. We had, always had fresh eggs every morning. And then we, she have a killing, you know, as they got older, then she would take them out in the backyard, man. We get some 
big tubs of hot water. We stick those chickens and wring their neck, pop, and they hop all over the yard until they die. Then we uh, dip them in the hot water, pull all the feathers, dress those chickens down. Man, we had fried chicken every Sunday, man. Everybody, everybody knew who would want to come down to Robert's house and eat, man. We was eating good. Yeah. Yes. You had an extra huh? fresh, very fresh. I said you had extra fresh yeah, fried chicken every, every Sunday, man. We had, we had the heart still beating. Yeah, we, had, we had all the fried chicken, and we we didn't we wasn't a family that just had one piece. So we had pieces we want. So you wanted so you wanted to be an engineer. Yeah, I wanted to be an engineer, man. Right? What type of engineer? Jared, I don't know. I just wanted to be an engineer. I, I didn't, you know, during that time you wouldn't you wouldn't talk about electrical or mechanical or nuclear. You know, it's just something you you know read in school. Engineers does this, and you just wanted to be an engineer. You know, yeah. A lot of kids just wanted to be teachers. You know, and I just fell on that thing of engineering. You know, yeah. maybe they explain. Maybe they explain where my interests come from because I have to admit, when I was growing up, we grew up in, you know, well, we grew up in St. Louis. And at the airport before it became Boeing, that was called McDonnell Douglas. Right. And McDonnell Douglas used to uh, used to test fly their those old F four and the F fifteen airplanes all from right. the Lambert Airport. Mm-hmm. And remember, sometimes we would go watch the airplanes take off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to your question, Garrett. I wanted to be an aerospace engineer only because we saw those airplanes take off and land because I thought, hey, that'd be pretty cool to yeah. be able to find those type of airplanes. That's that's where engineering came from for me, yeah. watching the McDonnell Douglas F-15s and the F-4s take off at Lambert and land as they were building those things out there. Yeah. That's where engineering came from uh, in terms of what, what I wanted to do when I was little. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm not an engineer today, but you but you know, I started off at least as an engineer, and so, things changed along the way. I think I think a lot of the teachers in the school, you know, and they were talking about career and what you should try to shoot for. I think they were trying to shoot for a lot of us, you know. And I, I, that that might have been where the thought came from, you know. They were pushing that, and they always pushed teaching as a as a good field to get into, you know. But that's what they were doing, you know. That's what they were doing. But. Uh, yeah. That's that's how that's how I got into the engineering thing. I just I'm just sorry I just didn't go forward with it. Yeah, uh, for me I I wanted to be a vet, mm-hmm. a veterinarian. And that's uh-huh. all we got. Damn cats in our house right now. <laughs> yeah. That's from Taylor. That's you, from you, you a vet now? I just don't know. It. Uh, uh, you yeah. know. Okay, but but let's be real. She's the one who brought home the three kittens. That yeah. wasn't me. You know, hey Taylor, the the, the turtle ran away. Yeah. yeah. Somehow he got out of the cave, opened the door, and went out the front door. <laughs> yep, because Tina got thumbs now. Well, Turtle soup. So, but yeah, so that was uh, my uh, biggest thing was I just, I really did. I was just attracted to all animals. The only one that I just was not fond of was the person, but everything else. <laughs> <laughs> You said, no, I said horses. I, I can do it. Uh, horses. Oh, horses. Okay. She had one bad experience as a kid with a horse. And look at what she That's enough. That's enough. One bad experience. That's all it takes. A horse can kill you. A rat can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I abort those as well. A New York rat. Come on now. 
<laughs> well, horses are dangerous and they are temperamental. So they, can, they can sense your fear. So, that's, yeah. so what about what about you? Uh, what did you want to be? Who me? Okay. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pediatrician because it was like the biggest word I knew, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so cute." <laughs> and then for the longest time. I thought about being a lawyer. My cousin is a lawyer in D.C. actually for the government and so is her husband. So I always thought about being a lawyer. And I don't know. It just never, I don't know. I just never, like, I feel like I could do it, of course. Like, I have the aptitude, but it just never stuck. So I always thought about being a lawyer, maybe like a child lawyer. Huh? The lawyer or the pediatrician? The, well, the pediatrician was just like when I was really little, but a lawyer, uh, I was going to be, I would be like a defense attorney or a child's lawyer. Like, um, that's what I thought, but I just never, I don't know. So when I was at Mizzou, actually, I was undeclared until you couldn't be undeclared anymore. They said, you have to pick a major now. Like, so that's how I ended up doing like journalism. My parents wanted me to be a pharmacist or a dentist, which was really interesting, but I got to pick my own degree, so I ended up doing journalism, and now I'm just like, obviously, I'm not really doing that. I did a little bit out of college. I'll tell you how, I do enjoy I tell you how, I can be a dentist. <laughs> you know, people who come in with bad breath would just break me down. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I just not my thing, but like, I wait, really, wait. it was nice. Wait, I don't mean to cut you off, so you had one bad experience where somebody had a bad breath, and that just... I know. It's I have, like I, I had one bad experience no, with a horse. I had, I had many bad experiences with people with bad breath. <laughs> I mean, I've never had good. The last time I went to the dentist was like the most positive because they're like, you're doing great flossing, everything. But I just never, like, that just doesn't even fit my personality. Like, I have no interest in being any of those things. So I went to journalism school. I did journalism, just like, okay, I like English. I like, I didn't want to do all the way English. So I just, it felt like a happy medium. And now I feel like, I, I don't know like what I want to be. I do want to finish my pilot. I'm actually taking this master class to see if that will help me just finish it. It's more for, more of. Did we lose you? Film. So being in LA is actually, oh, can you hear me now? Al, you kind of in and out. Al, you cut out a little bit after you said master class. And you're talking about your pilot. I think we've lost them. Yeah, Al, you're going in and out a little bit on this. Yeah. Hello? Hello? Where's everybody? Glad it's not just me. I thought it was my service. Alejandra was talking. We kind of lost her there. Okay. Somebody else go ahead. Okay, Taylor. Yeah, anybody? The question was, what did we want to be as a kid? Now yeah. we're doing it now, right? Uh, I mean, we all know I want to be a marine biologist for the longest time. So I just say me and mom love the animals. But then that didn't pan out because as I got older, I started realizing you had to take science classes beyond biology. I was like, chemistry and physics were not for me. And then from there, um, I spent a lot of my my middle in high school wanting to be a lawyer and doing all the things to set myself up for that and went to school for undergrad and wanted to be a lawyer still and then it wasn't until towards the end of that that I realized that I could be 
like I wanted to work as a creative because that's what I've just always done. Uh, being creative and doing creative things is always the thing that made me happy and it's what I was always doing no matter what. So I guess I'm lucky now because creative is officially my job title. So I would say I what do you call that? Childhood dream achieved. Yep. <laughs> so I mean <laughs> like, not many people get to do the job that I do and the things that I talk about. It's like I get to play so for a while. I lost you guys. I said a lot of things. I don't know if you guys heard of everything. The last thing was when you're talking about taking the master class to oh, finish yeah. your pilot. But I said, yeah, I think it'd be great. I mean, living in LA, I'm sure there's opportunities for me to connect more in that industry. But ultimately, all I really want to do is be a mom and have my own family. So that's that's honestly like I would feel complete if I if I have that. So sorry, that was a long winded answer, but. No, there's no long winded. So you, what you, what you say? say we can be drinking. Wait, Al, Al, What did you just? You just said something. You want to be a mom? Yeah. Wow. Hey, first time I've heard you say that. I thought that everyone knew that. Well, I guess not, but yeah, that's that's like really all I want to do or be. Whoa. Hey. Okay. Okay. Well, if I find the right partner first, but obviously. Well, you know that's kind of important too, right? That's the hard part. Being the mom, not being the mom is easy, but I think finding the right. Al, let me help you out. When has got a friend in Colorado, Blackfolks dot com. It's so good. It has not been working. I think she's had three dates from blackfolk.com. I don't know how well they've gone. Blackpeoplemeet.com. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, what about you, Um, I wanted to be a ball player. Like, y'all know that. Um. But then reality hit, and I stopped growing, and uh, didn't get the same opportunities. Uh, although you guys always grow for your height, your, your mom is the reason why you stopped growing. Right. Right. So. Like how tall was your mother, Dad? Well, I know how tall my mom was. She was about five foot two, five foot four. There you, go. So you can't blame that on me. <laughs> He was five nine. My mom wasn't a full mind. I was five four. Just three under the bus. Grandma was pretty short, but I mean, ultimately, I think it changed. Like when I was like really, really young, ball player for sure. And then you know, as I started to get older, I was like, maybe I just want to work in like pop culture, like anything in culture. I shouldn't say pop culture, but just like culture especially around black folks so i feel good that i'm like doing a combination of both not necessarily creative like taylor but uh working in sports nba team i get to check that off hopefully i get a ring with this team or a team and also just really uh you know work in culture for black folks by black folks so i think uh what i'm doing now is definitely uh somewhat close to what i wanted to be and do when i was younger but uh not completely but nonetheless I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with my progress, and I'm looking forward for the future. Cool. So that was a good conversation. Wait. Go ahead. What about your clothing line and all the stuff you're doing with that? Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like that 
like anything that is in like influences culture or pushes culture forward like is is where I want to be like I want to be at the intersection of combining music with digital marketing I want to be in the space in the world of you know making clothes that you know people that are influential or you know anybody just on on the streets are wearing um I'd like to help Dallas out pushing culture forward with you know, her nail business and also just like inspiring the youth with this whole Roberts Foundation thing that we've got going on. So I think anything Mm -hmm. that allows me to touch this space or touch the lives of other folks uh, using culture, honestly, um, is where I really want to be. And I find that that really moves me uh, when I get out of bed. So I'm really happy to be black in tech, working for a sports team and using those learnings to kind of apply it to like what we've got going on with our family and what I've got going on personally. Cool. All right. I've got uh, a couple more questions, but I think I'm going to ask one more and I'm going to leave it open to you guys. Uh, this one's super, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's simple. Uh, what makes you happy? Like it, it could literally be anything, but what makes you happy? I'll start. Um, honestly, <laughs> not to sound cliche or anything, but, you know, it took me going through a period of being a kid and then going through puberty and, you know, you know, forget the world and me versus the world, all that kind of stuff. But as I've gotten older, I've really appreciate uh, grown a great appreciation for family. Um, you guys talked about the, you know, a village raising you and, you know, grandparents and family members teaching you, you know, certain things uh, that'll help you get through life. But honestly, I'd like to say like, what makes me truly happy is, is knowing that, um, you know, I've got a supportive family. Uh, that loves me and is, you know, standing behind me along the way um, through life. So I think that probably makes me the most happy. And I don't really know how else to explain it or other forms of why you guys make me happy. But I think it's, uh, I think it's you guys that make me the most happy. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, um, what makes me happy? What, what you want to say? I'll tell, tell you what, what uh, really makes me happy is to be able to sit down and brag about the accomplishments of my family. You know, so many people don't have the opportunity to be able to sit down and say they've had the success that we've had. You know, I've had three kids, two boys and a girl, and all three of them are successful in the careers that they've, they've chosen. Their, their kids are equally successful in the, in the, in the career that they have chosen. And it gives me a great pleasure, man, when I'm sitting out here talking with these people in this focus side, and they're talking about their family. And when I raise my family up in front of them, then I knock them completely out of the ballpark. That just makes me feel so damn good. <laughs> 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 yeah. And it really makes you feel good that's, because that's what makes me happy, man. The fact that my my entire family, man, you know, my tree of the family is doing exceptionally well. And I'm proud of that. So that makes that makes my day. That, yeah. Makes my day. that, that is good to have major bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reagan's like, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know what? That's a good feeling. I said that's what? a good feeling. That's the good feeling I get. I tell you, I get a I get a charge out of that. Yeah. 
Taylor, you should go. You didn't answer last. You didn't answer last question. Oh, I did. It was when you cut out. Oh, that's right. I had about 10 uh, technical uh, difficulties. I'm trying to think of like a succinct answer for that. This pandemic, I, honestly, uh, hope has made me actually happy. I, I, what has been at again? home has actually taught me that it's not such a bad um, thing. It all day. <laughs> I missed it. What did you say? Oh, what you say? You just said no. It's not. It's not being not being at home isn't a bad thing. Oh yeah, no. That that uh, makes yeah. that makes me happy, and also knowing that you know everybody is doing well. Everybody is. We we actually believe it or not with this bad as this pandemic has been. What has made me happy also is. The majority of uh, the family has actually come through pretty unscathed with everything that has happened. So, yeah, with some of the things that we've seen with other families, is this 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 is my happy place. Is if everybody staying safe and and getting through this and being able to make it on the other, you know, without major losses. So that's my happy place right yeah. now. Okay, Taylor. Uh, I'm still. I, I mean, because honestly, I just have to say ditto to what everybody's already said. Like, you guys have already put it so well. It's kind of like, I guess I'm pretty easy at this point. Family, knowing everybody's secure, security in general. Like, knowing that, I mean, this is coming from a place of privilege because I have a really good job. And I have a roof over my head. I have a family that loves me. I have a really great group of friends. And I'm like, that's just, it's kind of nice to, I guess it goes back to yes. what I was saying about community and the people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. and that's what makes me happy is the, the people who are my, my family, by blood and by choice, and all of them doing well. We're back. I have to admit, guys, as I'm listening to you guys, it is a lot it, for me, it's a lot about family, but a little bit more for me is finding, fixing things. Maybe it's. I enjoy fixing the problems that we have in the family. And being able to fix those problems really kind of, for you guys really kind of makes me happy. It's, it's all linked to you know linked to supporting the family guys, but I I actually get a kick out of fixing problems for you guys. It it gives me a sense of of accomplishment and purpose. It gives me purpose. Yeah, That's probably the best way to look at it. It gives me purpose. I like that. I like that answer. I would say for me, like, I don't know, I like happiness, but I feel like for me, it's more about just having gratitude. And so looking at it that way, like, even as I get older, I guess I'm grateful for, like, not only my journey, but for 
I don't know, just things I've accomplished and like knowing that I can, you know, make this happen. But more so like just grateful to have another day. Like with COVID, with people dying, but also with like back to Garrett's point, which you know, with pop culture and stuff, like seeing a lot of young people die and being killed and people losing their lives, just being grateful to have another day on this planet, even though like just like really leaning into that, like wow, like even though I'm like, oh, 31, like it feels it's so silly to say it's old, but getting older can be scary, but I've like looked at it as a gift of like, I have more time and that's really what I'm like the most grateful for than anything else. Having more time on this, on this earth to do the things I want to do, spend time with the people I love and um, I don't know, just trying to really enjoy it and not take everything else so seriously. Emphasis on time for sure. Definitely. Plus, I'm not going to even lie. I'm sitting here staring at the ocean right now in Hawaii. So right. this makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Big facts. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a bad place to be. Absolutely. Right. No, well, thank you for indulging on the questions. Um, if you guys have anything you'd like to talk about or any questions you guys had, um, you know, feel free to, to ask it now. No, not really, because you know what I say, Garrett, is, you know, if we're going to be doing this every, doing every Sunday, or is this a thing where we want to do, like, every, every Sunday, every Sunday, 7 o'clock, same time? Yep, that's what we're doing. That that works for me is to, you know, keep it to an hour or less, so that way you can always have something that, you know, pretty much bring to the table and fit everything all in it on at one time. All right, cool. So yeah, if you yeah, guys like have... if you guys like this whole Sunday 7 p.m. Central cadence and we keep it to about an hour, maybe we go over every once in a while, but you know, about an hour works for me as well. I think this was super fun and Perfect. super cool to hear from Papa. Um Taylor, I'm glad you jumped yeah, in from Hawaii. Cool. Al, I'm glad you're in LA. Everybody jumped in from wherever you were in the, on this planet. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And definitely Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah of course. Before well, I know I've like this is the first one I've been a part of, so I want to say this is actually been really cool, and I liked all the questions you asked. And Papa, it was really cool to hear your story, like falling in love and like staying behind for a girl. Like, yeah, I'm here for all that. Uh, <laughs> in a way, like I just get it. It's just like so cute. But like, I guess Garrett, I wanted to ask because I know I think I missed the first one. Like, um, just like why you decided to do this, and like what was your motivation behind it? I think it was just really cool to like, I don't know. Yeah. Hear everyone's questions. I just want to know why you started it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and I pretty much gave Papa the same rundown. Um, but we're so used to and accustomed to like saving memories, uh, like visual memories, right? Like we always like take pictures, mm -hmm. we save them in our phone. And then how often do we really go back to those pictures? And same thing with like scrapbooking and stuff like that. Mom was sending me some pictures earlier about you know, being in Germany and Colorado and all these places and I thought that was really cool but then again I was also thinking there's also another way to store memories uh and that's just through sounds and you know we have conversations we speak on the phone so often now that we're at home especially during COVID like we're literally streaming meetings and listening through you know some sort of piece of technology has been like an incredible part of our lives now. So I thought like, hmm, how can we, you know, obviously store these types of moments, archive them away. And now we have, you know, a running thread of conversations 
uh, you know, with the family that we can refer back to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now as our children begin to have their children and stuff like that. Uh, so the real motivation behind this was honestly just to, you know, tap into maybe, you know, memories, um, tap into, uh, you know, thoughts and feelings that you may have had 20 years ago and would like to rekindle and talk about the family and store it in some sort of medium uh, other than just like having a generic phone call so that was really honestly the motivation behind it is like you all are super interesting people uh i feel like i'm pretty interesting uh let's talk about it let's have you know open form of just unfiltered raw real emotional and real discussions uh, amongst ourselves and let's save them uh because i think that's pretty badass to save it and uh, refer back to it whenever we feel like it right so will we be yeah, I doing add-ons or uh, inviting more people? Yeah, of course. Like this is just, you know, this is, you know, evolution version one of <laughs> our doing this, you know, as we continue to do this every Sunday. Yeah, I, I would hope that, you know, we'd extend this out to, you know, maybe you have a close friend or maybe you have someone else that you'd like to have a special guest and we prepare questions to ask them, come on, you know, and. I think that'd be great. Of course, as podcasts, you, you typically record, you have guests come on, and then you, you, you spread it out to your audience. I've been keeping this private for now, but if there's ever a moment where you guys want to make this public so, you know, granny or, you know, your cousins or your friends or whoever can come and actually tune in to listen to these episodes, for sure, we can definitely think about that. Oh, okay. Cool. Love it. Cool. Well, speaking of friends, I'm going to go find my friends because they pulled over and parked and left me in the car to do this. Absolutely. Okay. All right, guys. Okay, have fun. Good talking to everyone. Yeah. Until yeah. next week. Yeah, thanks, Garrett. Thanks for putting this Absolutely. Until next right, week, everyone. Appreciate it. All right, love you guys. Bye. Love you too. Bye. 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 Bye.